Good morning, brothers and sisters, moms and dads, wherever you guys are, up in the air, on land, or in sea. Whether you're driving to work, just taking a day to chill, good morning to you all. Once again, my name is Madeline, and I'm welcoming you to another episode of Adventist Bridge. Today, I want to take time to read Roger Monroe's The Incredible Power of Prayer. Now, if you don't know Roger Monroe, a quick trip to YouTube, typing in his name, will give you an amazing um, documentary, if you may, about who he is and why his books are so essential to our lives. Today, I'm going to read from it and we're going to read from the incredible power of prayer. This chapter is called, This is the House of Death. In December 1984, I was on the verge of dying in the intensive care unit hospital in, of the Greater Niagara Falls, Ontario. I had congestive heart failure and atrial fibrillation that the physician could not reverse. As the cardiologist stated a few days later, if my wife had taken 20 minutes longer getting me to the hospital, I would be dead before arrival. It came upon me unexpectedly. My wife, Hilda, and I were visiting her mother for the weekend. Our trip from central New York had been pleasant. We had an enjoyable evening with mother, retiring at 10 p.m. I felt unusually tired and slept comfortably till about 3 a.m. When I woke with sweat pouring down my face, Although I realized I was having some discomfort in breathing, I attributed it to the bedroom being overheated. When I opened the window about two inches, the cool winter air immediately improved my condition. However, I could not go back to sleep. I kept tossing in my bed and my breathing problems returned after a while. I kept opening the window wider as breathing became more difficult. Till by 7 a.m., I had had it up completely. After taking a shower, I became extremely tired and realized that something was definitely wrong with me. It took me all the strength I could muster up to shave. While Walking to the car required as much effort as if I were climbing up a hill. In the emergency room, the staff quickly rigged me up with an oxygen mask, intravenous tubing dripping medication into my system, and a diagnostic monitor to check the activities of my heart. A cardiologist with the assistance of several nurses did everything they could to keep me alive. A short while later, they placed me on the intensive care unit, which was already filled to capacity because all the glassed-in chambers were occupied. They assigned me to a bed in an open area near the nurse's station. I had, so to speak, a foot in the grave, as my breathing ha had grown so shallow that I could hardly get any oxygen into my lungs. I now believed that I was going to die, and my convictions deepened when someone asked if I would like to have a minister come and see me. In my feeble condition, I stated, I felt too sick to have anyone visit except my wife, who was allowed to see me 10 minutes every two hours. 
Besides, for almost 40 years, I had made it a daily practice to seek out God and prepare myself to die. While I realized that my condition was critical, I was also aware that a number of people in the ward were struggling to hold on to life. This is the house of death, I told myself. Already you can see in this chapter that Roger Monroe is in a critical condition. And every time I read that portion of the, the story, it makes me feel extremely selfish. Selfish because I, I'm an individual and I mean, I'm, I'm very sure we all can put our place, ourselves in that place where we're in a position and we feel like we need to get ourselves out and nobody can help us but ourselves. And that's where we're so wrong. Could you imagine a book that's already written way before we were even thought about coming into this world? And then when we are actually physically here, our chapters are changing as we're going. What I mean by that is that God already knows our life from start to finish. And if we have a closer relationship with him, this fear of dying in this life will not be here because he will write it in the chapters or he has written it in the chapters that he knows the beginning and the end. He knows what our future holds. So why not let him do his job and just take care of us? As you can see, Roger Monroe is in a position where he knows that he's about to die. He knows he has this heart failure. And yet, he is worried about all the other people in the hospital but himself. I praise God for mercy. I praise God for putting himself in a position where he did not need to be. Because he thought about me first before he thought about himself. Imagine him being in the garden on his knees, interceding for us, knowing that that same night he was gonna be tried, knowing that he was gonna die on the cross the following day. How he was going to be beaten. How he was going to be pointed at and say, said, um, crucify him. I, I could never ask for a greater father. After reading that chapter, I want to take some time to pray with you guys. So let us pray. Dear kind and merciful Father, thank you for sparing our lives. I thank you for watching over us and our family members. I thank you for blessing us with health and strength. I thank you for allowing us to be able to still be able to want to search for you, to read about you, Father God, to learn about your characteristics, the fruits of the Spirit for allowing us to, to still be able to have time to get to know you before the end comes, Father God. 
I thank you for your many blessings that you have given to us, the seen ones and the unforeseen ones. And help us, Father God, that we may become unselfish with our love, that we may become unselfish with our prayers, that we may become unselfish with our financial and spiritual situations. Help us to always want to give to those that are in need and do for those that have less than us because you have said, Father God, that whatsoever we do to them that are least or lower or are not as fortunate as we are, Father God, that you will bless us. And help us that our blessings may not come in the form of things that we want, but in the form of things that we need. I thank you, Father God, for helping me to wake up early this morning, for me to have my personal devotion this morning, and for me to come on here on this podcast and talk about you some more, Father God. I ask that the people that are listening are people that are looking for you, people that are searching for something different than the regular old church. I thank you, Father God, for blessing us, for giving us the gift of understanding for giving us the ability to open our hearts to you father god i ask that you may continue to be with me as i read roger monroe's book and some lng white books as well and continue to help me to remember and retain information that i have read and be able to apply them to my spiritual life my physical life father god we know that our time will be cut short when it comes to worshiping you. We know that our faith is already written down. But please help us that as even though our faith is already written down, that we may be able to change it through you, through accepting you as our Lord and Savior in our lives. And help us to not be selfish with the little knowledge that we know about you. Help us to find someone to study the Bible with. Help us to find someone that is willing to get up early in the morning to seek you, Father God, to listen out for you. I thank you for blessing my family and the families that are listening to this podcast. And I ask you, Father God, to continue to guide and protect each and every single one of us in our spiritual walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My name is Madeline. I want to thank you once again for joining the Adventist Bridge. Have a blessed day.